Welcome to episode 7 of the Between the Mics podcast. I'm one half of your team, Ty Ferguson. I'm the other half, Austin Smith. And we are coming to you today to recap a disappointing loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide last Saturday night. Um, It was one that a lot of people were predicting, not us. If you listened to last week's episode, we went into last week's game very high on Georgia's chances. Um, We thought we would be able to attack their defense, and we were for the first half um, for the most part. Um, But obviously in the second half, um, the game kind of got away from us there late. Um, Overall, decent performance. Wish we could have pulled it out, but I think we'll see them again. Yeah, I would say overall, even though we lost, and it was definitely frustrating in the moment, uh, when you think back on it, uh, I feel a lot more positive about the game. I feel like it was just a bad eight minutes of football that really just put us in a big hole. Like you said, we were ahead in the first half. That's nothing new against Bama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, let me let me read uh, go through this like little span for you real fast. So <clears throat> going into halftime, we were up twenty four to twenty. Mm-hmm. We come out, we get the ball first. Uh, our drive stalls out. They get uh, get a drive. Uh, we force them to punt, so on and so forth until. Uh, about the 414 mark when they scored their 90-yard touchdown. So at 414, they go ahead 27-24. to 24. We get the ball back in around 313 to 301. It's first and 10, throw a, uh, sets and throws a pass incomplete. Second and 10, throws a pass incomplete. Third and 10, throws a pass interception. So why we abandoned the run when it was working so well uh, is beyond me. But in that that interception, it was the second of the game. The first one was off a deflected pass, which you can you can kind of say wasn't his fault. But at the same time, it seems like Bama came into the game with the game plan of batting down his passes. He only yeah. throws to the middle field, and it seemed like he was you know he's a short guy. But even still. A lot of short guys succeed by reading, uh, going through the passing lanes. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, they all talk about that. Or they roll out the pocket. But since he only throws to the middle of the field, they can't really roll out the pocket because then he'd be thrown across his body. Mm-hmm. So it has to be more of a passing lanes thing. And he just wasn't getting the job done there. But anyways, back to that span. So at the 301 mark, he throws an interception <clears throat> at the Bama 44. So now they have a short field. And then uh, they, they go on a long drive with a lot of, uh, a lot of runs. And then at the 55-second mark, they end up uh, popping it into the end zone. And just like that, in the matter from 414 to about a minute left, they're now up 34-24. We were up four. Now we're down 10. Following an egregious pass interference penalty. Uh, I don't know what the referee saw on that one, but obviously he thought it was impediment. It just looked like good defense to me, but nevertheless. But I can't even remember what down that was on. The way they were driving, They maybe would, that was on third. Yeah, well, it was on third down. It was still a short field. They would have got a field goal in, in a, just a matter of a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. We would have still been down by seven. And then we get the ball back, and on the first uh, play of our next drive, we get a delay of game. Somehow, off of a kickoff on first and ten, our first play, we get a delay of game. And then right after that, Fourth uh, fourth quarter starts interception by Stetson. This one was completely, absolutely his fault. Yes, an awful throw. Don't know where he was throwing, and uh, then within just five and a half minutes, uh, they go on a long drive. They cap it in. Now it's forty-one to twenty-four. And so, in a matter of the last four minutes of the third, in the first 
two and a half uh, or first five minutes of uh, the fourth. Now they're up seventeen. We were up by four. So it's just that nine minute span right there, culminating in twenty one points for them, and now we're down in a big hole. And so I know it's easy to say, just take away those eight minutes, and it's like, well, those eight minutes happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there were some decisions on our part, like you said, the penalty, and then just an awful like throw that was in there. So, oh no, you just take those eight or nine minutes away, and I would think that going into a rematch with them, play a little bit more mistake-free football, and you have a better chance. Yeah, I mean, it's more of the same when it comes to Alabama. Um, The last three times we've played them, national championship, SEC championship, and then last Saturday night, it's, it's a constant theme. George is leading, George is leading, George is leading. I think we touched on it last week. In the previous two matchups, we've been leading 58 of the 60, or something like that, like, 98% 98% of the total minutes played in the last two football games against them, we had to lead. I mean, you would have thought, without a doubt, Georgia should be 2-0 and against these guys going into last Saturday night. And it's always those little moments. Um, the, in the previous two games, it wasn't so as prolonged. In the national championship, it was the entire fourth quarter, which went back and forth into overtime. Um, the SEC championship was primarily the last seven minutes when Jalen Hurts came in. Um, and then last Saturday night, there was nine-minute stretches. I think that shows you kind of the last gap between Georgia and Alabama as a program. Alabama still has that extra gear. They know when to kick it on. They know when it's winning time. They know when they need to take the next step. Um, and it's something that Georgia just hasn't been able to do. We've been able to do it against everybody else. Everybody else we've played, Florida, um, Auburn, Tennessee, every other team we have to go against, Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl. But until we do it against Alabama on the big stage, we're still going to be the little brother. I mean, we're still going to be viewed as second fiddle, oh, they'll never beat Bama. Saban, 23-0 against his assistants. Until Georgia learns how to close games, we're always going to be second fiddle to them. Yeah, well, you can't have those nine-minute spans. Yeah. I mean, in Alabama and Saban typically don't. Dabo mm-hmm. and Clemson typically don't because mm-hmm. those are the type of spans that lose you ball games. I mean, you can play a great, you know, 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's just those momentum killing just a couple of drives in a row. It was uh, uh, our drive stalled out. They get a touchdown. Interception on our drive. They get a touchdown. And just like that, it's like it's just that quick. And it kind of shows you just – there can be such a little discrepancy, but it's like that little momentum, which some people say doesn't exist, but absolutely you can tell how much it deflated our team on Saturday. But, I mean, the biggest difference that showed up in the game was the gap between their wide receivers mm-hmm. and our wide receivers. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, and, you know, and quarterback and quarterback on each yeah. team. But, you know, it shows – I mean, our wide receiver group is still young. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's – the two uh, biggest playmakers on it are both sophomores, and then Jermaine Burton, who was getting a lot of looks, is a freshman. So mm-hmm. that's another encouraging thing. You got to think that throughout the year, those guys are only going to get better, especially yeah. Burton. He's only a freshman, and we were putting a lot of pressure on him to make plays. And you got to think, few more, I mean, five more games, what, uh, whatever, mm-hmm. but throughout the season, that he's going to make a mark. Yeah, I mean, even looking at Burton, even looking at where Jermaine was week one to week 
four now. Um, I mean, he's already made tremendous strides. I mean, he's out on the field 90% of the game. I don't have the snap counts in front of me, but I'd be willing to bet he's up there in total snap counts. Um, he had a few drops. Um, obviously, I think he dropped a touchdown, that which he ended up making up for by the next play. I think he, he caught the touchdown that actually put us ahead at halftime. Um, but, yeah, he I mean, he knows how to get open. He is a good. He's been a pretty good route runner. He's fast. Um, everything that we've talked about coming into his freshman year when we broke down the recruiting class, he's lived up to every single thing. It's just now he's got to get that next step of the maturation process. He has to learn the speed of the college game, which it, it'll come. It'll come. Um, he's gonna be a really, really good receiver, um, and just add that. Add more depth to a position that Georgia really He's going to be needs. one of our biggest playmakers. Yeah. I mean, he has the athleticism, yeah. athleticism to do so. I mean, some people were pinning the Stetson second interception kind of on him, but mm-hmm. that's a really tough catch. Yeah, to but uh, in Stetson's defense on that too, um, Alabama covered him well. I mean, the guy with the, the DB was all over um, Jermaine's back legally. I mean, it wasn't anything yeah. illegal about it. So Stetson put it where it needed to be, a little bit high and away. Just it's so just unfortunate. It's just. just Tip the tip drill. I mean, might have been a little too hard, but I mean, he had to put some zip on it in order for. I mean, like you said, the DB was in perfect position. I like what you did say a few minutes ago when we were, you were talking about that stretch. Um, after they scored their touchdown, they we came out first down incompletion, second down incompletion, third down incompletion. For me, one of the biggest keys to last Saturday's game is how Georgia really got away from the run. Which, late in the game, we understand, hey, they were up 17. We had to try to fight a way back. We have to throw it when you're down 17, obviously. Cool. But if Stetson Bennett has to throw the ball 40 times, Georgia's – I mean, we're not going to just be as successful as we could be. Well, yeah, we were down three when those three straight passes happened. Yeah. So, continue with your point. We were averaging five yards a carry – um, you look at the total, you look at this, the rushing stats in general, um, we were really critical about Zamir White last week. We we said more Kenny McIntosh. We wanted less Zamir touches, more touches for Kenny. Zamir, I think Zamir hurt us because um, he was running really well. He averaged 5.7 um, last Saturday night, 10 carries for 57 yards, had our first touchdown of the game on a great run straight up the middle, just gashed Alabama's defense. Um, Kendall Milton, 6 for 44. 7.3 yards per carry. I'm all aboard the Kendall Milton hop train. Give him more touches. He just carries people. He doesn't go backwards. Um, Kenny McIntosh ended up banging up his knee a little bit Saturday night, so he only had two carries. But one running back that I'd like to touch on that didn't get a whole lot of carries, he only had five, but monster in the passing game, and it's just a huge X factor that we have a running back. James Cook. Only had five carries for 16, but four catches for 101. Obviously, 82 of those came on his touchdown, which just a great route, great scheme by Todd Munkin, just seeing the mismatch, knowing Alabama was going to put a linebacker out there. Um, It's more of what I want to see from James. Maybe put him more in the slot more, um, get him out wide, get mismatch. But that's the big key for me last Saturday night is – when Alabama started making their run, we couldn't shorten the game because I feel like we got too reliant on Stetson throwing the ball. I think we got way too much away from the run, and I think it's something that we really need to get back on. And 
look at ourselves. Take a look in the mirror and know who we are. Georgia's always going to be a running team. We shouldn't be throwing the ball 40 times a game. Yeah, yeah I would agree. And <clears throat> I think, like you were saying, it was a good scheme to get James in there on that linebacker. And that was something kind of that Ole Miss was doing. Like, you know, mm. it was perhaps overstated Bama, how bad Bama's defense was. It was – they're good on the outside. They have a really good secondary there in Sertain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're on the other side. But it's the outside, their linebackers. And, you know, perhaps we should have taken a little bit more advantage of that. I didn't, you know, pay too much attention on who we were lining up there. But that was something that Ole Miss did in the, the week before. And it seemed like they were also, you know, like we had touched on last week, doing a lot of motion. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like we started really even doing that until later in the game when we were needing as much time as possible. And then, we're, then we were doing all this motion that was taking 15 seconds off the clock. And it's like, yeah. man, that would have been kind of nice like 10 minutes ago. But, yeah, so I would agree with you. James Cook had a heck of a game. And I hope that he's a critical factor when we hopefully play them again. Yeah. So. Um, and you touched on motion. And we, we can't, I can't stress enough how much of a – pressure that puts on a defense it's it's much more difficult guarding and defending a deep an offense when there's motion when there's misdirection um and honestly i think it would be a perfect way for us to start trying to use george pickens motion him inside line him up out wide but motion him into the slot create a little bit more bunch formations i think a lot of what george has been doing with george this year we've we've had him out wide I mean, that's what he is. He's an X receiver. He's a Z receiver. He's going to be out wide. You're not going to play him in the slot. But why don't we every once but, in a while? But you're also I mean, supposed to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. I mean, so, look, yeah. at, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. You, they're the most prolific offense in the NFL. I mean, look at I mean the Patriots for years. They know how to scheme guys open. 90% of their formations, you see, they have bunch. I mean, all 11 guys inside the numbers, right there on the hash marks, they run quick outs. They run out and ups. They run little diagonal routes, crosses, crossing receivers that can really screw up a zone defense, screw up a man defense, pick routes, all, all that. I want to see more of that incorporated into George's offense. I mean – there's no reason we shouldn't be able to scheme George Pickens open. Of course, I mean, it, oh, we sorry. shouldn't have to rely on him just being able to beat somebody one on one, which we know that he can. But he shouldn't have to. We should be able to scheme guys open when they're when that and like get the ball out in his hands in space. Don't just throw deep balls to him. Get the ball to him on slants. Get the ball to him on bubble screens. Get the ball to him on drag routes. I mean, jet sweeps. We need to find a way to get our playmakers involved which we did a much better job with James Cook this week but man it just I feel like we're wasting George a lot I mean we're only gonna have him we have this year and next year he's gone we both know it everyone knows that we have a year and a half left of him and he's gone I don't want to waste while he's here yeah I mean I mean who knows I mean he could he could have been I mean he could have been getting like mostly locked up Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they're on the outside. But when it comes to, like, the motion aspect, it really feels like a missed opportunity because you got to think Bama's going to be a lot better at that if we do play them again at SEC Championship. Probably part of the reason why they're so bad at it right now and there's so much finger pointing is because of, you know, the lack of practice, the lack of an off season, 
and once they get all the all these more game reps, mm-hmm. they're going to get better at that. And so you had to feel like that was kind of a little bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, so some other things about the game, like it's going to be hard to beat any team, much less Bama, when you have three interceptions. Yeah, or three turnovers, and you know we took the first one was a batted pass, which we didn't really touch on it enough, but they definitely came into the game with that being their yeah. game plan. Yeah, they knew that we had Stetson back there. I think he's 5'10", 5'11". I mean, he's yeah. not the tallest guy. But they knew that we had a good O-line and that what they needed to do is if they can't get to him, stick their hands up. And their D linemen, who are 6'5", I mean, they, so, it, was a, it was a game plan and they, it worked. I yeah. mean, they, ex, they, they executed it. So, yeah, he had three interceptions, so definitely not his best game. And a lot of people were pinning the loss on him. Perhaps that was a little bit overstated, but he definitely didn't help us with our opportunity to win. Mm-mm. What was your overall kind of feel for Stetson, and do you think there's going to end up being a change now? Because it kind of – I mean, there was some assumption that this was maybe the litmus test for Stetson of, like – we want to see how he does against Bama, and that's yeah. going to be the indicator of whether JT ends up. Yeah. So, what was your overall thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I uh, I think he, like you said, you can't pin all the interceptions on him, but I do think we have a ceiling um, with Stetson. Um, and Real I, fast before you continue, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, help help that point out a little bit. Who are the three best teams in college football? Alabama. Ohio State and Clemson. Okay, both all. I mean, all three great and at every single position loaded with five stars. Same with us. Mm-hmm. But Stetson Bennett is not Trevor Lawrence. Mm-mm. He's not Justin Fields. No. And he didn't look like Mac Jones on Saturday. No. So, if we're gonna be on equal terms with those guys on the field, we probably have to have the same caliber of quarterback. And right now, love Stetson. He's definitely, as everybody says, a gamer, but he's not one of those guys. No. And and not many guys are, but Georgia should have one of those guys yeah. with one of the premier programs. Well, we, we did, and yeah. now he's playing at Ohio State. So <laughs> yeah. take with that what you will. Um, we've had many conversations about that. I think we all we both know each other's feelings on that. But, um, but yeah, like I was saying, um, Georgia definitely has a ceiling with Stetson Bennett, and for me, it's still to be determined exactly how high that ceiling is. Obviously, three interceptions play a big part in that. Um, I think that I honestly think we could win the SEC with Stetson Bennett. I think he's good enough to win us the SEC. I think our team is good enough around him. We can complement him well enough to do what he does well to win the SEC. However, I don't think we can win a national championship with. Stetson Bennett. I just, I don't. Um, I do think, I agree with what you said. I think last Saturday was a good litmus test. Um, I think this week and next week in practice is absolutely huge for the quarterbacks. Um, it's big that uh, our game this week got moved to next weekend due to Florida's postponements. It's, it's huge. It definitely is. We got a bye week after our biggest game of the year. We can kind of fix some mistakes, but as well as fix some mistakes, get some guys healthy. We also get get to see an extra week of quarterbacks. Um, we get to see an extra closer look at JT Daniels. When we're preparing for games, when you're preparing for Alabama, when you're preparing for Tennessee, you don't get to look as much at 
with the guys other than the guys that are actually to be on the field. You don't get to look at the twos. You don't get to look at the threes. You don't get to do all the different reps that you get to do. I think this week at practice, I think Kirby is – I mean, I don't know. Kirby's – he's been solid with Stetson Bennett. But I think that everyone knows that we kind of have a ceiling. Honestly, for me, I think that JT gets a lot of the – maybe not a lot, but I think he splits some first-team reps. He gets his opportunities at practice. And for me – I think the Kentucky game next weekend is the first time that we're going to see JT Daniels actually get some in-live game reps. Um, what he does with that is still up for, up for interpretation, but it could go a long way into providing us the, the glimpse of what we can see going forward. Um, we, said it, we said it three weeks ago when we were previewing the Auburn game when we kind of still, when JT first got cleared, what was going to happen when he finally got in there? Me and you both on record on this podcast saying once he took the job, it was his. He wasn't losing it. He wasn't giving it back. Kind of like Jacob Easton did um, back in 2016 and Jake Fromm did to Easton the next year. When he gets the job, I still think it's his. I think the talent level um, for JT Daniels, I love Stetson. He's played absolutely amazing for us this year. But I still think JT Daniels gives us that next just elevation as a program. One of those elite guys. I mean, he was uh, the yeah. third ranked guy yeah. behind Fields and yeah. uh, Lawrence. You spoke about Lawrence and Fields. Why not start the guy who was right behind him? Well, and, and kind of also to tie into that. <clears throat> so JT is a, a redshirt sophomore. Yeah. And I mean, this year's not counting against his eligibility, but most of these guys want to get to the NFL as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So I would think he plays this year and probably next year and then goes to the NFL. He's probably going to be our guy next year. Yeah. It sure would be nice to have the same guy two years in a row, obviously for familiarity with the offense. But if you're only going to have this guy for a year and a half, you need to take advantage of that type of elite skill. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he was brought in. Mm -hmm. And there was all this talk, it may have just been talk, that he was – pushing Newman uh, there in, in fall camp. But yeah. you got to think you brought him in for a reason. And like you said, he may be what takes our offense to the another, another level. Now, there is also, you know, people are perhaps overlooking. Guys can improve and get better and learn from their mistakes. Setson's biggest mistake was not reading the passing lanes, and he needs to get better at throwing to the outside of the mm-hmm. field. He, like we said, he's the opposite of Ron. Yeah. He only throws to, to the middle. Guys can improve and get better at things that – uh, throughout the course of the season. This could have been a great learning experience for him. And he may, you know, spend the next few weeks getting better at those uh, very things. Yeah. So, I mean, I-, I think we'd be in a good situation either way. But ideally you would think that you're going to go with the guy who probably gives you the biggest upside. But yeah. perhaps there's a thing with the- I mean, I know I keep going both ways. Stetson brings a mobility aspect that I'm sure that our offense was planning for mm-hmm. uh, this this past season when Monken was getting ready for the season. With JT's knee being the way it is, he may, he may not have much mobility. Mm-hmm. But Monken's been around for, uh, for a while. I'm sure he you know could adapt to that. You're supposed to adapt to your players. Yeah. 
So that may be I mean, be over. I may be overstating. That. When he was at Oklahoma State, Brandon we- Brandon Whedon wasn't running any quarterback sweeps. He was well, yeah. Were, but I'm just saying. So I mean, yeah. but our guys were maybe. Uh, yeah. You can't just introduce yeah, yeah, a yeah. whole new playbook. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I'll go on record. I think Stetson is still going to be the starter at the Kentucky game, but. I think, like I said, I think that's going to be the first time we're going to see JT. JT. I think he's going to get a drive here. I think he's going to get a drive there. Um, hopefully, if we are able to produce a big lead, he can get some meaningful snaps in the second half. But once he takes it, I think his arm talent alone is, I mean, it's just superior. He's got the size. I think his arm talent, be able to stretch the ball down the field, I think he's the type of quarterback who can really unlock George Pickens. Um, I think that's ultimately what we're going to go with. If we're going to match Alabama, we're going to need to match them with a downfield passing game. We can't rely on this four-yard tier, five-yard tier, six-yards runs. I mean, we need to have explosive offense. I think it's we've said it's the one thing that's held us back as a program, and I think JT Daniels is the key to unlocking that. And yeah, that, I would agree. So, so I mean, so like, I mean, that kind of gets on what we said at the, there at the top. Biggest discrepancy this past weekend was between the wide receivers and the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Offensive lines were pretty even. They have one of the better uh, offensive lines of the SEC, if not the best. Yeah. Probably them or Tennessee. Yeah. And, I mean, I, uh, I think that by the end of the season, we're going to be in that conversation as well. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, they did put up a lot of yards on us. Yeah. And perhaps the, the biggest thing is that we did allow them to have some semblance of a balance because mm-hmm. Najee was able to get his 152 yards, but – he did on 33 carries. That's yeah. about as hard as he's going to have to work for 150 yards this whole season. I agree. I mean, he didn't – it definitely wasn't the game he had against Ole Miss. No. But it gave him enough balance to where, you know, they could – We had to worry about him. Yeah. I mean, so uh, – but, I mean, the keys to the game were turnovers, wide receiver discrepancy, the batted balls, uh, their slot – Smith versus Stevenson. That was the biggest uh, yeah. match. I mean, that's probably our weakest point on D, and mm. they were able to take advantage of it. And then, I mean, Mac Jones had a heck of a game. We we kind of kept getting him, and he just kept getting back up. Yeah. And uh, you know, throwing bombs. But, I mean, those guys he's throwing to are studs, but you still have to get the ball to him, and he was doing it accurately. And like like I said, he was getting up from big hits. Yeah. And then they were in another good stat to go in his favor. They killed it on third down. That's one of the biggest. Uh, Keys to a good quarter uh, to good quarterback play, and they were six of eleven on third downs throughout the game. So, I would say though, I would say that right there, in that eight minutes in that nine minute span, mm-hmm. those were the those were the keys. Yeah, but, I mean, like we said, overall, I think the outlook is good. I think we have a young team that'll improve. The possible quarterback change. It's historically hard to beat a good team twice. I think we are a good team, so I think we would qualify for that. And then, like I said, just about eight minutes. And uh, you know, we obviously some of the national media didn't look too lowly on us because we stayed number four, and I mean, we yeah. we only moved down to number four in the poll. So. We have we have a lot of things we can build off of um, the way we use James Cook, um, this beginning emergence of Jermaine Burton. Um, I think our defense played admirably for the most part. I mean, Mac Jones threw for four hundred yards, but ninety of them was on one play. That Tyson fell down. Um, he did, still had a great game, but I still think there's things to build off of. We yeah, I think he only had one incompletion in the second half. Yeah, when we we held him in check, the first half was a ball game. The first half was exa- The first half was what we thought 
the game was going to be. I think, I still think we are right there. I think we're so, 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 so close. We are, we just have to learn how to put a complete four quarters together. And I think we can still get it done. I think, having watched us all year, I still think we're the favorites in the SEC East. Yeah, I feel like I'm accidentally like overlooking Florida. I think Florida has a very real mm-hmm. chance of beating us. I think we would probably be the favorites in that, but I do think that they have a real chance yeah. uh, in doing so. So I don't want to act like it's a for sure thing that we're yeah. going to be playing them twice. Yeah, but, but hopefully we get another shot at them. Um, I'd love to see a rematch. I'd love to see the rematch in Atlanta. Anytime we play them is a great game, even if the last three have gone in their favor. last five have gone in their favor. The last three just being here recently. Um, I think it's a great time every time we play them. It's two elite programs. Um, there's no denying that. It's it's a tough loss, but like we said, it's it's a building block. It's a long season. It's got still still got six more games by week this week. Um, got a lot of room to improve, but I think we will. Yeah, I, mean, I think we'll, we're we're a young team. We're hopefully. gonna we're gonna be better in December than we were last Saturday night, and they will be too. But and let's hope that we're playing them in December. So yeah, before uh, right before we get off here, we're gonna go through uh, our picks from last week and our picks for uh, this week. So going through last week, uh, <clears throat> we had six games. No, five games because the LSU and Florida game got canceled. Uh, there was Georgia Alabama game where Alabama was favored by six. We both said that, uh, we were taking money line on Georgia, and so we both got that wrong. Uh, you said that uh, Tennessee would cover on their spread, and I actually took the money line on Kentucky, uh, but no extra points for that, so I got that right. Uh, we both said that Auburn would cover on theirs, South Carolina won, uh, so didn't get that, uh, either one of us. Ole Miss at Arkansas, Ole Miss was favored uh, by three points. Uh, you said that they would cover. I think once again that I said that I was taking the money line on Arkansas, so I said they wouldn't. Uh, I got that right. A&M at State, A&M was favored by six and a half. You said they would cover. You got that right. Uh, Blind Squirrel finds a nut there, and then uh, I got that one wrong because I said they would not. Like I said, LSU Florida was canceled. So overall in the week, you went one and four. Good mm. job, Ty, and I went not much better. Two and three. So overall in the year, you are seven and twelve, and I am nine and ten. So it's a good thing that we're just uh, betting on these on paper and not actually with our bank accounts. That uh, is true. So even though I do plan on doing a little bit this weekend, so uh, for this week we only got four games. We got Auburn and Ole Miss. Uh, Auburn is favored by three. What you thinking? I think Auburn's going to bounce back and cover. Okay, I am going to say that uh, it only gets gets worse. Uh, so I'm going to say that they uh, uh, they lose outright to Ole Miss. The I seat the, gets hotter for Gus Malzahn. So yeah, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to take the money line on Ole Miss. Next game is Alabama at Tennessee. Alabama is favored by 21, and they're going to cover. Yeah, I would agree there. Uh, Guantanamo, as I like to call them, uh, I think will uh, help us uh, get that one right. Yes, sir. Next, we got Kentucky at Missouri. Uh, Kentucky's playing well. Blowout against Tennessee. The defense is good. Kentucky covers. Okay. And by the way, that was a five and a half point uh, spread. I'm going to also say that uh, Kentucky will cover. And then lastly, uh, the last one for the week. Uh, that's what lastly means. Uh, South Carolina at LSU. LSU is favored by seven. What you thinking? 
Uh, LSU is probably going to start a backup quarterback. South Carolina playing well, running the ball good. Um, I'm going to say South Carolina covers. I'm going to say LSU does not cover, and South Carolina covers the seven points. So I think LSU is going to win, but not by seven. I'm actually going to be brave again. I want to take the money line on South Carolina. I think they're going to build on momentum. I don't think it would have mattered if Miles Brennan was starting or not. Yeah. LSU's trending down. South Carolina's trending up. Yeah. Well, and I like to ride the trends myself. So I'm going to say LSU does not cover. In fact, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to take the money line on South Carolina. So uh, we might have some, you know, an, another good week as far as differences. So, and that might uh, manifest itself in uh, some quite a different record for us next week. Yes, so. sir. But that is going to do it for Episode 7. Thank you all for those of you who have listened. Download, subscribe, share it on social media, get the word out. We thank you for all of those who do. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.